You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Brutal loss for the Mets on Tuesday night, a game that they had in hand. Lindor, Alonzo, Homer, Carrasco good early, and then it slipped and fell apart for them. They just keep finding new ways to lose. I'll discuss that in the first segment. Second segment, I want to talk about the bullpen and the loss of Edwin Diaz. Now, we're starting to see that uh, kind of manifest itself with the lack of high leverage options outside of David Roberts. And then the final segment, really unfortunate news to discuss. Jacob deGrom needs Tommy John. Uh, so... Want to go through all that before we do? I'm your host Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as a managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com/lockedonmlb. When you enter the promo code LockedonMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Now the Mets had one in hand against the Atlanta Braves on Tuesday night. They got a four-run inning. Francisco Lindor, two-run homer. Pete Alonzo, two-run homer. They took a rookie pitcher in Bryce Elder, who's been pitching probably a little bit better than the expected numbers would suggest this year, a guy who had a sub-two ERA entering this start, and they hung those four runs on him. And Carlos Carrasco looked great through the first five innings, only gave up a home run to Ozzie Albies to start. Then, once again, the New York Mets found a way to lose a baseball game. And I feel like this isn't the type of loss we've seen this year. We've seen the Mets are inept offensively games. We've seen the Mets get a horrible start games. We haven't seen too, too many bone crushing bullpen blows at games. And it wasn't entirely the bullpen. It was cookie too. Um, and I can't even blame Buck Showalter because through five innings, I mean, Carlos Carrasco looked great and he's been great his last couple starts. And it seemed like all day, whenever he needed a ground ball, he got one, you know, first inning gives up a couple of hits, gets a ground ball to escape the jam. All right. He's doing good. You know, gives up the home run to Albies, but that's it in the second. I know the third inning rolls around. Uh, he gives up a single hit by pitch, but works around it. Fourth inning was one, two, three. Fifth inning, got a double play ball to end that inning. So you're looking at Cookie, and he's pitching to a, a solid lead, and you think, all right, he's good. Well, walks Matt Olson, gives up a double to Austin Riley, and maybe that's where the hook should have came. You know, maybe you have to know that Carlos Carrasco, third time through the order, uh, it might be a, a guy that a lineup as good as the Braves, they can eventually pick up on and maybe you have someone ready but again I feel like that's Monday morning quarterbacking Buck Showalter here where he's got a pitcher in Carlos Carrasco that I would have felt pretty confident he's going to get through that sixth inning but all of a sudden 
He walks the first bat, gives up a couple of doubles, and then boom, you got a quick hook on him. And it felt like Drew Smith rushes into the game and he gets a strikeout and a pop out and he almost gets out of it. Almost. But he gives up a double and then a base hit, scores another, and one that, you know, Eduardo Escobar couldn't make a play on that I think Jeff McNeil makes that play. I think Louis Guillaume, who's in AAA, makes that play. But based on the way this roster is constructed, you're trying to to get the best out of your guys, so you're going with Escobar second in the lineup in this one. I don't know, man. I, I don't know, you know, where to to kind of pin that one because you look at the starting lineup today. You got Daniel Vogel back hitting fifth, and that that's a podcast I'm sure we're going to do this week. That the Mets have to move on from this. I mean, three strikeouts from your fifth hole hitter, zero for four. And the ninth inning, he finally puts bat on ball, but grounds out. It's just just a, an awful day. Um, you know, Marte's right behind him, bad six, 0 for four, two strikeouts. But suddenly, the Mets are starting to get good at bats from Tommy Pham and Mark Canna. They've been two of the better hitters in the lineup lately. I get Eduardo Escobar. You, you want to get him in the game too. Fine, but... I don't know. Maybe that was an issue. Putting Jeff McNeil on left when you got two guys who are playing a pretty good, um, you know, well, not even necessarily the best left field defensively, but regardless, two guys that are starting to swing the bat a little bit better. And you're forcing Escobar on the lineup and it weakens you defensively up the middle. And it's just these little things, man. And if Daniel Vogelbeck wasn't on the roster, you could have got Escobar in a DH if you wanted to. But the Mets just can't find the, the winning combination. And again, it's not that one play. That doesn't make the game. They still give up another run in the eighth inning. You know, the bullpen, you know, you have Drew Smith who couldn't escape that jam. Um, you have Jeff Brigham come in, give you a good inning, and then Adam Adovino comes on and he gives up a run. And it d- didn't look good in the process. It was probably lucky to only give up a run. But suddenly the bullpen's an issue. And you know, as much as I could say, hey, the Mets got offense in this game because they got four runs, they only had four hits. New ways to lose. But I feel like this year, when you get that combination of the five innings that you got from Carlos Carrasco before he went on the mound in the sixth and couldn't record now, and you get the two home runs, typically those are games the Mets are holding on to. But Cookie didn't have it in the sixth. Drew Smith couldn't bail him out of it, which, again, is is a symptom of the bullpen not being where it needs to be. And you let the Braves steal a game back. And that was a pivotal one to get because if you got the cookie game and then you're looking, all right, we got Scherzer Verlander, and hey, maybe Scherzer Verlander do carry the Mets to a serious victory. Maybe they pitch up to the... You know, $86 million they're making collectively. But if they do that, you're still probably going to think back and be like, oh, we should have had a sweep. And there's no guarantee that they're going to do that. You still got to face Spencer Strider in this series. And what from this Mets lineup has given you any indication that they're going to handle Strider as well as they handled Bryce Elder? So it's one that you had to have. And... 
There's a lot of places you can point the finger, but you know, it's as simple as the Mets need to play better. Um, you see Jeff McNeil bobbling a ball in left field. The whole team is playing tight. And I just don't know what you do to spark that. And, and maybe, like I said, um, maybe it's it, it's a change to the roster. But you got one tonight with Omar Narvaez in the starting lineup and felt like he commanded Cookie Gray early. And it felt like, you know, well, he he did get a, a hit that, that ended up resulting in a run. So um, he was on base for the Lindor homer. But Mets lose. So I want to go through the bullpen and, and and kind of the loss of Edwin Diaz and how we're maybe starting to feel that a little bit uh, as you look at what's happened, um, you know, in this game in particular, but just throughout the season with not having really any other kind of high leverage arms outside of David Robertson. So I'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, though, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. Personally, therapy was a a really big part of my life when I was a teenager going to my early 20s and still something that I call back on now uh, to just have check-ins because even though I'm feeling great right now, you you still want to get that party that's that's not inside your family uh, – unbiased sounding board in, in my experience that you can just talk about your life with and, and get a perspective on and really understand what's going on between the ears. So if that's something that that you're interested in, BetterHelp is there for you because they're going to connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and Switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash locked MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on MLB. New York Mets play the Atlanta Braves 720 Eastern Time tonight. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM, use the SXM app. Just search Mets. Now, if you look at David Robertson's season, his 175 ERA, the fact that he's been pretty nails in, in most save situations, you'd say the Mets have done just fine with that Edwin Diaz this year. And I don't think that Diaz alone is the reason the Mets are sitting under 500 right now. There's a million other places to point. And honestly, I think the high leverage pitching for the Mets has been pretty far down the pecking order of concerns for me. It was always starting pitching number one. Uh, it's, you know, the lack of production you've been getting from your veterans too. Uh, you know, trying to figure out the, the right combination in that lineup and you know, not giving the rookies enough playing time, but now seeing some rookie growing pains and, there's been so much other things to look at. But in a game like tonight, I think you really feel the loss of Edwin Diaz. Not that he would pitch in the sixth inning. But in a spot where the game is getting away from you, you had to go to Drew Smith. This is not a knock on Drew Smith. But I think that in in an ideal world, 
everything broke the way Buck Showalter and, and the Mets front office would have liked to heading into the year. Edwin Diaz would have been your closer. David Robertson would have been the guy that you put in to, to you know, put out all the fires, whether that's in the fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh or eighth inning. And you would have had guys like Adam Adovino and Drew Smith and Jeff Brigham and Brooks Raley who could pitch in high leverage late, but could pitch in clean innings. Because you don't necessarily want to go to Adam Adovino when there's a bunch of guys on. Well, particularly this year because he's got the ERA over four. But in the past, uh, you know, the, the control can be an issue. And we've seen those issues arise again this year. Last year, he had everything on lock. This year hasn't been the same. You know, Jeff Brigham has been good for the Mets this year. But not good enough that you're ready to put him in with a runner on second base in a situation where the game's getting away from you. So your best option is Drew Smith. And Drew Smith nearly got you out of it. But imagine if you could have gone to David Robertson in that spot. And countless other times this year where it would have been great to have David Robertson to pitch instead of any of those names I mentioned. Because Edwin Diaz would have been doing exactly what you're getting from Robertson, if not better. And I don't know if he could have been better with the ERA, but he certainly could be better with the dominance and with the fact that he could strike out you know, two batters per inning. And that's a weapon that you just don't have right now. And Robertson has been incredible as the closer. He should probably be an all-star this season. He's been that good. But what other reliever has been great for the Mets? Brooks Raley's got a sub-3 ERA. Drew Smith and Jeff Brigham have had their moments. Adam Adovino hasn't been good. And that's really been your guys that that are are coming in with regularity in these late inning spots. And, you know, it's it's crazy because I could point to um, that Daniel Vogelback trade. And, again, man, when, when I'm wrong on something, I will own it. I said last year you can't cry over trading a middle reliever in the beginning of his career when you get a position player that you can roll out there in the lineup. It could be a key key factor. And you know, last season, I think the trade for Vogelback worked, but the way it's clogged up the roster this year and the fact that Colin Holderman has been good for the Pirates and would be great in this bullpen right now, yeah, you look back and you say, oh, maybe we should have been crying over that. It's Bill Melkin. Again, I own it when I'm wrong. And I was wrong. That was a bad trade. And now you might be in a position where you have to trade for some relief pitching. <laughs> because you don't have that option. And this is where an injury to a guy like Bryce Montes de Aca really kills you. Because he could have been one of those guys and he's not. And unless they decide to say, all right, Mike Vassell, you're, you're pitching good in the minors. Uh, we're going to make you a reliever at some point this season. There's just not the the arm that you're looking at that's gonna save the day. So then, are the Mets gonna trade for somebody? I don't know, but uh, this is a team that that I, I think more and more throughout the year you're gonna realize, yeah, that that Diaz loss did kind of set the tone um, for a season where things just have not gone the Mets' way. But uh, there is a, a bigger story in the baseball world, probably the biggest story right now that, of course, relates back to the Mets because it's a career Met prior to this year. Jacob DeGrom, man, he's crying in front of media today talking about Tommy John. If that doesn't pull at your heartstrings, I don't know if you're a true Mets fan. 
Uh, I want to get to that in just a minute. Before we do, though, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Okay, Bird Dogs, very, very comfortable shorts that are very versatile. You can wear them in a lot of places. You can wear them on the golf course, wear them out to dinner, wear them at home, lounge around. That's the thing about Bird Dogs. They're comfortable. They look great. And, you know, they're just versatile, amazing shorts. If you want to try some Bird Dogs yourself, you're going to get a great gift with purchase because if you use the code locked on MLB, when you go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, use that promo code locked on MLB, you're going to get a free gift of a Yeti style Bird Dogs tumbler. So, again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB, use the promo code locked on MLB, and try your Bird Dogs as soon as possible. They're awesome. New York Mets play the Atlanta Braves 720 Eastern Time tonight. If you want to catch every pitch in the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM, use the SXM app. Just search Mets. Sour note to close off the show today. Jacob DeGrom, Tommy John surgery, and it just sucks, man. What has happened to this guy since 2021? Now, first half of 2021, the Mets were looking like a playoff team in first place that whole time, basically, behind what was an MVP-type performance from Jacob deGrom. He was, remember, pitchers still hit that season. He was great with the bat. He was great with the glove, and he was unhittable with the arm. He pitched to a damn near sub one ERA the whole time and finished with a 1.08 ERA and just the 15 start stretch that we saw from him coming off what in my opinion would have been three Cy Youngs if not for, for COVID because I think what we have seen since certainly is that Trevor Bauer who won that 2020 Cy Young is never the pitcher that Jacob DeGrom is. And if they had a full season where Trevor Bauer wasn't just pitching against NL Central weak lineups or DeGrom pitching against NL East lineups, they had a normal season coming off two straight Cy Youngs, DeGrom would have won a third one. And you just wonder what happens there. Is there something in in the, the, the pitching arm that the regularity that he had, that routine year over year over year, because remember, this guy was healthy at the beginning of his career. Debuted 2014, healthy. Healthy season 2015, injured at the end of 2016, um, you know, 2017, 18, 19, healthy. 2020, made 12 starts in a 60-game season. First half of 2021, healthy. But for whatever reason, if it was because he came back to 102, who knows what happened in that arm but misses the second half of 2021. Probably something to do with this UCL. Wanted to probably go the rehab route because we did hear a little something about from Sandy Alderson letting something slip about a a tear in the UCL. And that alone kind of 
seemed to be the beginning of the end of the Mets relationship with Jacob DeGrom. Fast forward to 2022, it's on and off the IL all year, and then was able to pitch down the stretch and still won a playoff game for the Mets last year. It was great the beginning of this season for the Rangers, but again, same kind of thing. There's always something. There's always something. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. And now here the poor guy is crying in front of the media. On a good team. This Rangers team that he's on, that he's watching, that he was hoping they could get back to, a really good team right now. Certainly a lot better than this Mets team. Probably would have been one of the best teams that he can be on in a place where he's comfortable, where he's no longer in the New York media spotlight. And Jacob deGrom could have enjoyed an awesome season. And man, if you don't think he deserved that, what kind of fan are you, honestly, man? Because say he walked away, whatever. Okay, Jacob deGrom, every fifth day when he was with the Mets from, you know, 2014 through the first half of 2021, that dude dazzled and that dude put it out there and he did everything he could win and his teammates constantly blew it for him. And he finally gets an opportunity the last two years or even maybe the last three because maybe the ground to go down in 2021 made the mess do something to be on good baseball teams that he had been on since he was in his sophomore season in 2015. And the poor guy just can't catch a break. And, and now you think about Hall of Fame and, and legacy and all that stuff. And I don't think I don't think Jacob DeGrom cares about any of that. I really don't. As a fan, I, I care a little bit that this guy will get remembered for the type of pitcher he was and find his place in Cooperstown. And I don't know. I, I don't know if he will get there or not now. I hope that this is the 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 surgery that he needs to clean up that arm. He's going to get a fresh elbow. And Jacob DeGrom comes back looking like Jacob DeGrom, and he has another five years left, and he pitches into his 40s, and he's awesome. I hope that's the case. But we see what happened to Noah Syndergaard coming off Tommy John. There's no guarantees here. And here's a guy who dealt with Tommy John when he was 24 years old or whatever, not even 24, coming out of the draft you know, in his early 20s, regardless of the age, it doesn't matter. He's drafted. He made the conversion at the end of his college career to be a pitcher. He's drafted by the Mets and has to go through Tommy John. It's a grueling process for him that takes a long time. And then he, you know, skyrockets when, when he finally was healthy and went on this incredible run. And this is a dude that just loves to pitch, man, that loves to put up zeros for his team. And to see how much it hurts him to lose baseball and to lose the opportunity to be part of the team he's with right now broke my heart, man. Broke my heart. So, you know, wishing Jacob DeGrom, you know, a successful surgery, a healthy return, and a hell of an end of his career. But, man, it just sucks. Just sucks. Just like the game tonight also, by the way. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. If Daniel Vogelback is back in the lineup, goes 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts again tomorrow, we'll be talking about cutting them. How's that for all you everydayers? Make sure you follow, rate, and review so you can check out whatever I have in store for you tomorrow. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. 
And if you want to catch every pitch of the Mets hometown broadcast tonight, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets.